Welcome to Legend Lore with Luis and Lauren, where we talk about Pathfinder 2nd Edition. I'm Luis, and I'm a senior developer at Paizo working on the Pathfinder Lost Omens line. I've been playing tabletop RPGs for over 15 years, and I've written for dozens of Pathfinder products. I'm also the GM for Valiant, and I write the Monsters Physique blog here on the No Direction Network. I guess I should also say, I'm one of the co-hosts of No Direction. That's true. That's true. We have to mm -hmm. add that. Yeah. And I'm Lauren. I've been playing RPGs for 20 years. I've contributed to multiple Pathfinder blogs and podcasts, and I'm currently a grad student in the field of animal intelligence. And this week, we're talking about the plucky halflings. Now, we want to say before we get started that although we know a lot about what we're talking about when it comes to Pathfinder, we want to remind you that we're not providing any kind of official answers. We're here to offer advice, and you can use that however you like. Remember that the official word from Paizo is the only official ruling out there. But don't forget, it's your game. Do what works best for your table. Now, I think halflings are really cool. Despite not having an ability boost for it, they're mm -hmm. really charismatic as like mm -hmm. as like a, like a little ancestry of people, you know? Unfortunately, though, there's not a lot about them in pop culture. I think that I can come up with you know the lord of the rings the hobbits right yes. but you don't see a lot of hobbits like running around different fantasy worlds now usually if there are little people in a fantasy world they tend to be dwarves or gnomes or something else i think people try to stay away from the word hobbit specifically or even the word halfling um because of the association with hobbits and wouldn't you know it the uh, estate of, of Tolkien happens to be the kind that, you know, protects the, the use of Hobbit and stuff. So I think it's one of those situations. Better safe than sorry. Let's just come up with something else or use something else that already exists. Dwarves or maybe, you know, tiny versions of elves like Santa's elves mm -hmm. or gnomes or whatever. Let's not call it a halfling. Now, one group of halflings that I really liked a lot was the Warhammer Fantasy Halflings. Mm -hmm. Where they'd load up these big pots of boiling stew and they'd sh and they'd fire it out of catapults and they were just they they were fun loving even if they had to be warlike you know because it was Warhammer and I, I really li I, I really like this idea of the halflings that are just jolly and they want to have dinner all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think there there's a lot of memorable instances of halflings. Of course, come from fantasy RPGs, because that's where they are most common, and usually it seems that the ones that are more memorable are the ones that try to turn the the, the idea of a normal hobbit, normal halfling on its head. I think, if I recall, Dark Sun has a set of halflings that are very brutal, right, uh, and uh, maybe even, like, full-on evil, just, like, as a whole. I think Eberron has halflings that ride dinosaurs and stuff. Uh, so, you know, those are all not at all the, the common depiction of halfling and I think that's where most people find the most memorable halflings. It's like, oh yeah, it's not the boring Tolkien hobbit. It's something really weird and different. I forgot about the Eberron halflings. Those were Talanta halflings, right? Sure. I don't know the names of, of the Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the, the other settings very well, I used to play one. I used to play one that rode on a velociraptor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was... I forgot about that character. That was fun. Yeah, so it's, I think, very telling that the most exciting or memorable, at least from my perspective of what other people talk about, the most exciting memorable uh, depictions of halflings are the ones that subvert your idea of what a halfling is. Mm -hmm. 
Now, one thing that all halflings have in common, or a few things that they all have in common, is that they're always going to be shorter, about half the size of a person. Mm-hmm. I think they're a little bit plump, you know? They're <laughs> I, I, I feel like wh- where we can describe dwarves as stocky, I do think you can dis- describe halflings as a little bit plump. Mm-hmm. They're always pretty lucky. They're pretty plucky. They're, they, they don't shy away from a scrap. No. And at least with the Pathfinder depiction, um, they they don't have pointed ears. They have rounded ears just like a normal human, just like a, a human does. Uh, and they still have their very furry feet uh, that is you know traced back all the way to hobbits being barefoot and having furry feet, hairy feet. So in Pathfinder, halflings are going to get you six hit points per level. You're going to have a speed of 25 feet despite being small, so you're pretty nimble on your feet. You mm-hmm. get an ability boost in dexterity and wisdom and a free one. So you're pretty, you're pretty well suited to do whatever you need, but you are going to take an ability flaw of strength. So if you're a fighter, you know, strength is probably not going not gonna to be the only thing you rely on. Of course, you start out the gate speaking common and halfling, and you can also eventually uh, choose from dwarven, elven, gnomish, or goblin as some uh, additional starting languages. And the other big thing is that your eyes are sharp, granting you a bonus to to seek hidden or undetected creatures, or giving you an easier flat check when you're targeting concealed creatures. So you're you're just very good at spotting things as a halfling. We have several different heritages that your halfling could be from. The first one is the gutsy halfling, where you're 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 real headstrong, and this is the one that kind of staves off fear. And you, when you get a saving throw against an emotional effect, if it was a success, it is now a critical success. The hillock halfling is kind of the one that I like the most. These are the halflings who, you know, they're from they're the hill people, but they just love food. And when you when you rest overnight, you get extra hit points regained. And when somebody heals you, if you decide to pull out a carrot out of your pack and have a little snack while you're getting healed, you can get some extra hit points that way, too. Mm-hmm. If you're a nomadic halfling, you're used to traveling around and meeting a lots of groups of people. You start off with some additional languages, and anytime you take the multilingual, multilingual skill feat, which normally gives you one extra language, you instead get two extra languages per time you take the feat. You might also be a twilight halfling which is a halfling used to working at dusk with low light conditions granting you low light vision wildwood halflings hail from the jungles and the forests and they ignore difficult terrain from trees foliage and other kinds of undergrowth mm-hmm. and if you are looking at the path or the lost omens character guide you might also be an observant halfling which is a, a halfling kind of used to uh, being aware of danger and trickery around, granting you a bonus to your perception DC. It's one higher compared to everyone else. There's also, there's a really interesting thing, an uncommon heritage for the halflings in the APG. This is the jinxed halfling. Unlike the lucky halflings that you're kind of used to from the core rulebook, uh, putting that across, you're the you're the inverse. You're, you're you're unlucky, and in fact, you can never take the halfling luck feat. But if you are a jinxed halfling, you get a special action that you can do uh, once per day. Uh, two actions, jinx, and you curse another creature within 30 feet. 
they must attempt a will save. On a failure, they become clumsy one for a minute or clumsy two for two, uh, a whole minute on, on a critical failure. I think that's pretty interesting because it, it's just like you were talking about. This kind of turns the halfling trope on its head a little bit. Instead of mm-hmm. these being lucky little guys, you're <laughs> unlucky little guy. But that does bring us to the ancestry feats, which is how you're going to build your halfling and make them really feel like the hobbit that you know and love. And I'm going to pick as the feat that I think is the most notable is halfling luck. Because I I feel like it really rep. I like the traditional halfling. I like the traditional hobbit. And I I thought that fits it really well. So that you can re-roll a failed skill check or saving throw. Yeah, and there, there's a lot of support for the halfling luck ability and feats as you level up. Uh, I think Character Guide has quite a few that lets you start using your luck on other people and, and, and using it more and more, things like that. So you can really lean into the, the lucky aspect of the halfling. I, uh, f- for my money, I'm kind of really interested in, in the idea of halflings being good at throwing rocks, specifically <laughs> throwing rocks with slings. Um, I, I'm going to make a confession here. Uh, I have never read The Lord of the Rings. I have mm. seen the movies. And, the, you know, whatever. I People, everyone has a thing they haven't seen or haven't read or whatever. Mine happens to be Lord of the Rings, which feels like a very obvious, like, oh, you're missing some some fundamental reading. Whatever. My wife tells me that in the book, the halflings are very good at throwing rocks and hitting people with rocks, like, eerily accurate. Um and it, it shows up in the movie, but it's not, like, as prominent. But I think that's where this is coming from, is, is um, Tolkien's idea that the hobbits are very good uh, at hitting people with rocks. Titan Slinger is a feat that I think really represents that. If you hit something that's large, really big, compared to a halfling, larger or larger, uh, you deal additional damage. Your, your damage die gets bumped up by one. And there's a couple of other feats that... You, know, you can take your weapon familiarity and, and stuff like that to be pretty good with slings. So I think that's uh, a pretty fun thing as well. I think mechanically that's really interesting too because there's a lot of, you know, we're always thinking about builds where we can increase our DPS the most. And I feel like large or larger creatures is like half of the things you're going to fight, right? Yeah. <laughs> like that's pretty Absolutely. common. Yeah, and especially if you're doing a kind of more wilderness-focused campaign, something like Quest for the Frozen Flame, where you're going to be out in the wilderness a lot, you're probably going to run into a lot of large animals and stuff like that. So it's kind of a perfect thing. And also just the idea that halflings are the David in the David and Goliath equation for this kind of thing is kind of fun too. Now, Luis, you're going to have to help me out on telling me Mm -hmm. about halflings in Galarian in particular, because I only know halflings from outside of Galarian. Yeah. Well, halflings in Galarian uh, are really interesting. They they live in the shadows of other ancestries. Uh, typically, wherever humans live, halflings are there too, to the point where it's, like, it's kind of eerie how they're always just off to the side, ready to, to help out with, with whatever. They, they have their own societies and, and, and whatnot that live alongside human societies or elven societies, other major societies. Uh, but they, they kind of do their own thing while being just on the other side of the, the fence or, or even commingling with, with some of these existing societies. Um, there's no explanation as to 
why that's happened and why that continues to, to, to happen, I think that'd be an interesting thing to, to delve into some days, explain, okay, well, if humans showed up and halflings felt like they were already there too, what's up with that? Um, but for the most part, halflings, because of that, um, kind of enjoy uh, sharing the culture that whatever society they're living with uh, or alongside has as well. So as a result, you have things like you know, in Assyrian, Assyrian halflings tend to do a lot of the same stuff that Assyrian humans do, a lot of the same pastimes, a lot of the same cultural ideas. Uh, same thing with up in the lands of the Linorm Kings or Barisia or wherever halflings are, they're kind of adapting to whatever the local culture is. And as a result, a lot of um, halfling ethnicities are actually the exact same as human ethnicities. So if you're a Varician human, you're going to find Varician halflings nearby. Uh, if you're meeting uh, Olfen humans, you're going to find Olfen halflings, and they're going to have similar traits, they just happen to be about half the size, and have furrier feet, of course. Um, so, halflings are very much a mirror that gets put up to the societies that, that live next to them, uh, and they, they try to take the, the best aspects of, of, of whatever societies and cultures they're, they're mingling with uh, as a result, but halflings also do have their own unique cultures in, in some places as well. Uh, specifically, there's a couple of different halfling groups that are mentioned in the character guide. Uh, one of them is, is the Chalaxian halflings who have kind of their own unique take on their culture because they're not the kinds that want to be subjugating other halflings. They, they're, they're living these kind of rough lives, so they, they've kind of developed their own unique culture as a result. But I think more, more uniquely are, are some of the other groups. Uh, one are the Jeric halflings. Jericks live in the barrier wall mountains in northern Garu, and so they live along like the mountains of Assyrian and Thuvia and stuff. And they live just up in the mountains. They're, they're used to growing up in mountains and, and scaling mountains and, and falling off mountains. They're like the mountain goats of halflings. Uh, and I think a few interesting things is that they're really rough and tumble because they have to be, you know, they're falling off mountains and stuff and learn to be tough. Uh, they also tend to live in communities where it's totally fine to run around naked. Hmm. It's kind of a, a goofy thing, I think. It's, it's kind of fun. Um, and the other thing that they, they got going is that they tend to come together in, in small groups about adventuring party size called Bill Bands. Um, about a cross between a, a club and a gang. And they just go around jumping off mountains, doing sports together, or, or, or sparring, or finding some kind of similar pursuit. Just a couple of friends that are like, oh yeah, we all like this stuff. Let's go run around the mountain together and make our own group. Let's go run around naked and push over goats. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, another group that's mentioned are the Marini halflings. Marini's uh, hail from Iobaria, just off to the east uh, uh, of the River Kingdoms and, and the other stuff, just off the map. Um, and Iobaria is a land that's been kind of racked with plagues and stuff over the years. And as, as a result, a lot of Marini populations have kind of been cut down over the years. And what's left have become kind of an ang anxious group. They're, they're used to, you know, hey, things could go wrong. We're a nomadic people. We got to always be both on the lookout for good things, but avoiding the bad things that are there around. And they, they tend to be very anxious as a, as a people. Uh, they actually have um, the, these strings that they hold on to called halinets that they just kind of constantly fiddle with and play with. They wrap them around their fingers or tie them into knots and stuff to keep their minds and their, their hands occupied. Interesting people. Uh, Oath of Bonds are really fun. 
Uh, they're what I like to call the time halflings. These are the halflings that existed in New Thassalon uh, way back in the day, or that existed in ancient Thassalon, excuse me. And then when, when stuff happened that brought a Thassalonian city from 10,000 years ago to the present day, suddenly there are halflings from 10,000 years ago that have these completely different thoughts and culture uh, and, and life and stuff that are now time displaced. Um, so they're effectively, they're, they're ancient Thessalonian uh, halflings that now are kind of trying to claim their own new identity in this new world. It's pretty interesting, but calling them time halflings is just the fun thing. <laughs> um, we also have the Sango halflings, which are uh, a group of halflings in the Mwangi Expanse. We talked about them in our Mwangi Expanse episodes, but they're kind of also nomadic people that are very isolationist uh, for the most part. Uh, you can go back to those episodes to hear that. Uh, and the last group here that we have are the Ulams. They, they live in the Verduran Forest, which is off to the east uh, of the Inner Sea. Uh, they're n next to Taldor and Anduran and Galt. Uh, it's a big forest, and they live, I think, the closest life to a hobbit life. They are a bit... Uh, <laughs> they tend to have a, 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 a bit heavier set uh, frames and live slower lives and, and kind of... Uh, just more laid-back lifestyles uh, and you know it's it's nice to live in the forest and be kind of left alone and that, that's what happens when no one is bothering halflings it's like oh yeah they, they take life at their own pace and and enjoy um, the the ease that life can bring when uh, no one's bothering you now if you're going to build a halfling character in Pathfinder, we've got some it, some hints for you. We've, so for a halfling name from the core rule book, it's usually two or three syllables with a gentle sound that avoids hard consonants. So we've got a few of those we've picked out. We like to do bad accents on uh, on mm -hmm. these episodes, but th this one this is one where I need some advice <laughs> because I just I don't see halflings as having like their own distinct accent especially especially since you know they're living alongside people and kind of are humans and picking up the culture of the humans a, a lot of times you know that means that they're going to have those same human accents so yeah. like we we I, I picked a sentence for us to do but like i really don't know how to do a bad accent for it um you might not do an accent you might have specific delivery for it rather than you know throwing a Scottish accent or, yeah. or raspy voice for a goblin because um, I think halflings can come across much more uh, hopeful and optimistic than a lot of people so you know very upbeat uh, very excited um, so maybe instead of, of putting on an accent it's, it's just how in how you say it right it's just more than for anything the character. else well now yeah. I've heard today already that you like the halfling tropes that are kind of turned on your on their head the sentence I've prepared for us. This is very much so the trope. This is not turned mm -hmm. on its head at all. Would you like to? Would you like to come up with something else? Uh, no, I think this is fine. Okay. Uh, because what we're talking about ultimately are halflings in Pathfinder, and halflings in Pathfinder are more of your classic tabletop RPG halflings. Okay. So. Yeah. Well, how about I'll start? I'll start off for us. Um, mm -hmm. As I mentioned, I really like the Warhammer fantasy kind of halflings, and that inspires me a lot. So my halflings are all these plucky, like rough and tumble, adventurous sorts. Like that, like they might be smaller, 
They might they might have a ability flaw in strength, but they're not afraid to get their hands dirty. So my first one is a halfling knight or a champion of one of the two halfling gods, uh, Shalindra. Uh, this one's Chaldira. 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 Yes. Yeah. This halfling is a terrible singer, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which which is where the familial name comes from. Bitter song, leaf bitter song. Uh, but but just because I, I like a halfling who is this one is a good chef, a very good chef. There you go. So halflings have a boost to wisdom, which makes them uh, very suitable for specific skills like religion, uh, or in my case, medicine. Uh, I think halflings tend to come across as trying to be helpful to a lot of people and doesn't get more helpful on the battlefield than someone that can restore your hit points. Uh, so I imagine that, you know, a halfling would make a very good medic, a very good priest. Uh, so I, I'm imagining a, a cleric of Saren Ray who's focused very much on medicine, maybe uses her, her divine magic to provide additional healing or a restoration of some kind. Or, um, you know, decides that uh, unleashing blasts of fire because of Saren Ray's fireballs and stuff uh, is just fine, and then she'll she'll clean up the rest by by patching it up afterwards. Um, so I don't know. Uh, the name I gave her was Liara Vorikai. Uh, I think maybe she is uh, Iobari, and she might be a um, a uh, Marini halfling. So I think Vorikai feels more Eastern European than than a, a typical halfling name. But there you go. That's that's my first suggestion. I have a halfling ranger here for us, one who has maybe lived in the city among humans his whole life and has probably just worked like boring jobs like dock worker job or something and is just tired of the city life. Spends most of their time out in the forest hunting or, or carving like wooden flutes or something. This is Upton Hardtack, the halfling ranger. Mm-hmm. I'm also thinking kind of ranger-ish foresty stuff uh halflings um tend to be depicted a lot with riding dogs which are you know big dogs mastiffs and stuff that they can ride on or with ponies a lot i think bill the pony is one of those iconic horses in media Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. and you know halflings being small can ride medium creatures uh so you know it makes sense that there's a halfling that is uh and got a lot of animal buddies so i imagine a druid that possibly takes the Beastmaster archetype to just have a bunch of animal companions, maybe a bunch of dogs, maybe several ponies, maybe a combination of both, or, or other animals. You know, I'm sure a friend to animals uh, could be a friend to all. And uh, this this druid uh, decided would probably not have a surname. You just one of those druids that just kind of walks around in the forest and people know them. Uh, so this is uh, Kinna of the Beasts, but the beasts happen to be just a bunch of dogs. It's just it's just a bunch of dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. My last one, and this is perhaps my favorite, is a halfling investigator. This is but less of less of a detective. And, and well, I guess I guess it could still be detective because I picture this halfling as like the future captain of the guard. Mm-hmm. A forever underdog, a fighter of with brains over brawn. This is Pacolo Underfoot. My finale, er, my final halfling focuses on the thing I was talking about earlier, slings. 
uh, wouldn't you know it, you don't have strength, but uh, you can still be a pretty good fighter that focuses on ranged weapons. And why not focus on a sling? You can take your halfling familiarity to get the halfling sling staff or, or other weapons. And just be very good at slings and throwing rocks at people. And as a fighter, you'll probably crit a lot. So that's that's nothing to sneeze at, I think. And the one, this halfling, I've decided to name Bolo Proud Song because I, I imagine him constantly whistling and singing songs about his victories, having knocked out uh, his latest foe with just the, 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 the smallest rock he found. Now, I did notice that I think we left out two of the more common halfling mm-hmm. ones. I feel like you would see a lot of halfling rogues. I think that's a, yeah. that's a really common halfling class. And I also think that Bard fits Halfling really well, too, just by their kind of love of life, you know? Yes, it, I mean, it, I think that is so much in agreement that uh, Paizo even made their Bard iconic a Halfling. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so Lem, yeah. And, and yeah, I think Rogues uh, are are very good fit for Halflings. They were especially a good fit for Halflings in the third edition PF1 days because as a small creature, you also got bonuses to... To hiding and, and stealth and stuff uh, and then yeah, your decks focus yeah, it's perfect for rogues my very first character in D&D was a halfling rogue um, and I figured it I should try something else for these three builds because I've already done the halfling rogue build my very first character is very boring and very vanilla it was a human fighter there you go but, I mean, there's a reason that human fighter is, like, the most common combination. Mm-hmm. It's because it just it works, and it's fun. Yeah. So we do have to do... We do have to do bad accents. I'll pick... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to pick Upton Hardtack. I want to pick my halfling ranger who's tired of the city life. Mm-hmm. And he's going to say... What's he going to say? I've come prepared. I've packed roast chicken, steamed carrots, buttery corn, and a flagon of ale. I think Liara comes across as a more chipper halfling. Um, which, you know, look at me setting myself up to do a voice for yes. a female <laughs> character. Uh, I, I, I just imagine that it's, yeah, whatever. It, it's fantasy. It's supposed Use to be a bad accent, remember? <laughs> yes. But she she'd, she'd probably be the type to say, I, I, I came prepared. I, I, I've packed roasted chicken, steamed carrots, buttery corn, and, and, and a flagon of ale. Oh, that's good. That was actually really good. So that's what we've come up with. But now we're going to look at the questions that you, our listeners, have come up with. And these all have a similar theme to them. And that is Galarian lore. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of Galarian lore out there. So we're going to just do the best we can. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, different um, ethnicities and groups that I talked about earlier, Othabans and, and so on, are, I think, the first real attempt uh, to flesh halflings out a bit more in Pathfinder. But unfortunately, it's, I feel, not that enough to, to build a lot of... of 
stuff around on halflings just yet who knows maybe in the future there'll be more stuff I, I think there might be some hints about what else halflings are up to elsewhere in the world guns and gears has a section on arcadia that mentions halflings that ride rocks they, they they're mounted on rocks and, and watch over mountain passes and stuff that's cool but i mean that's just a one sentence thing and hasn't been really developed further so we'll see what comes in the future but for now halflings are i like them but I, I, I even I admit that like there's not too much going for them in, in the, the lore department. Well, I do think that we have an interesting question from user Smug. What do halflings think of their kind that like to wear shoes? I think that's halfling blasphemy, right? None of the, the halflings depicted in, in Pathfinder ever wear shoes, and I think that's a mandate, right? The, the halflings have to be barefoot. Uh, so this would be really 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 weird a really 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 unique halfling wanting to wear shoes uh and it'd probably be like getting lots of strange looks and stuff from not just halflings but anyone i i think this is the opposite of that i can definitely Mm -hmm. see halflings going through a phase in their teenage years where they wear shoes Sure, <laughs> rebellious a halfling. rebellious halfling. Just like in, in all the adults, like they think it's silly. They're like, "Why are you wearing shoes?" But but they're gonna let them have it. It's the it's the rebellious it's the rebellious halfling youth wearing wearing their shoes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I I definitely see halflings though being of this mindset where they're probably more accepting of people with different lifestyles. You know, I think they could tolerate that. I don't. I don't think they'd get it. They'd be like, "Isn't that uncomfortable?" You know. But they'd mm-hmm. wear. I don't know. I think they'd tolerate it. Sure. From what I know, hobbits and and I guess by extension halflings don't wear shoes because they don't need them. They have like super duper tough, like feet that can just kind of weather most anything that they walk on. Isn't that yeah, right? Yeah. 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 So. I I imagine. I also like to imagine that shoes are just kind of uncomfortable to halflings. Like if you've if you've grown up your whole life never wearing shoes and then you put them on, I think you'd feel restrictive. You'd be like, I can't I can't feel the ground with my toes. What's wrong? Mm-hmm. Uh, from our patron Andrew Mullen, uh, what Galarian lore hooks would be good to introduce to someone? Uh, um, the idea that halflings are an interesting ancestry with some cool cultural elements rather than just a source of hobbit jokes and and, and size jokes. Well, I think that you brought up some really good halfling groups, which are a great place mm-hmm. to start. You know, is there, hmm, is there a good resource for folks who want to read more about these groups? I would say check out the Lost Omens character guide, which happens to focus on not just halflings, but all the core ancestries that we've been talking about over the the episodes here. Yeah, that'd be a good place to start. Uh, and I also think that. It's okay if your hooks for introducing someone to the idea of a halfling isn't from Galarian. It's okay if you kind of you you think of your Tolkien hobbits and you think of your favorite thing about them, and you and you introduce halflings to somebody like that. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and, and another thing you can do is just that the idea that they map to existing cultures and stuff. If you find an interesting culture in the setting somewhere you, know, you like the ancient egypt of assyrian and stuff you can just say hey grab that and you also happen to be a halfling right it's very easy to to map onto that idea more so than being a halfling but 
that's not a very satisfying answer I, I recognize but I think that that is what it is at the moment I think that patron Dom has a really fun one that we can talk about halflings in Galarian seem to use a lot of slang what's your favorite such slang term so I think what Dom is talking about here is there's a sidebar in the, the character guide on page 45 if you're playing at home uh, it's just a slang sidebar talks about a, a couple of different things that halflings say um, that are kind of unique to, to halflings for example they refer to anything that's super easy a super easy task it's like oh yeah that, that's just apple jumping because it's super easy to jump over an apple even halflings as small as they are can jump over an apple so anything that they, they consider easy that's, that's just apple jumping no big deal um, or anything that is really laborious and drudgery they call zombie work because only zombies would enjoy that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, there's a, a couple of different interesting ones here. Uh, I I like um, side-side. If, you if you're being side-side or if you're a side-side thing, you're sneaky because it's the only... Only something can catch you out of the side of an eye because uh, you're so sneaky. You, they, they wouldn't be able to see you directly. They just barely catch a glance of you out of the side of the eye. I think the only one that I know off the top of my head is long shanks, you know, mm -hmm. for, you know, for, for, for talking about just the taller ancestries. And I was, I always thought that was fun, but I love the idea mm -hmm. of just coming up with these different, these different slangs for your character too. I think that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Well, it's time to apple jump into the outro as we side side out of here, because that's all we have for you today. Make sure to check out the rest of our content on the No Direction Network. If you like this show or any of our other blogs or shows, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash no direction because it's the support of our patrons that make this all possible. Until next time, I'm Luis. And I'm Lauren. Thanks for listening to Legend Lore. And as always, it's been legendary. Legendary.